bist du hier aller Ehre. Was ist Wundes hier geschehe? Dass ein Magd ein Kind This is The New Right, a podcast for the lost arts, reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen. This is Dan Baltic. And this is Matt Pegas. And this is episode 28. 29, 29. Episode 29. And uh, this is what we are probably going to title the Top Gun Nationalism episode, because we have both recently seen well both the original top gun yep and top gun maverick and uh you know it's it's having a moment isn't it Matt? definitely i mean it's uh i don't have the numbers in front of me but uh it broke memorial day box office uh weekend records which uh for a time when supposedly few well what what a time when people are in fact going to the movies less is even more striking and uh, yeah, it's just kind of having a having a moment where you're not really hearing much that's negative about it. Uh, it's uh, I mean, some of this is somewhat contrived by the MSM, which we'll get into the mainstream media, but uh, it's kind of being presented uh, as like this unifying moment for everyone, for moviegoers, for people on different sides of the political aisle, whatever. And even though I do think some of that's contrived, uh, my, my, my take on it is I would not stand in the way of that. I um, liked Top Gun Maverick a lot myself. And if uh, libs and sort of cringy military, you know, neocon types, and if everyone ha- finds something to like in it, uh, you know, in this case, yeah. I, I wouldn't argue against that. I think that it is, you know, it is just pure cinematic fun uh, and it's nostalgic. So more power to Tom me. Cruise bringing us together. He is arguably the last really big movie star. Someone you, you look at him and you're like, that guy, he's a star. And everyone knows him. And like the younger stars, or I, I don't know, like I guess Timothy Chalamet is well known. Yeah. But like I, I feel like it's all like very in the way that Netflix has kind of scattered and atomized everything. Um, yeah, there, there's no like there's no American movie star that everyone knows anymore from the younger generation. Yeah. I think so. so. Yeah. Tom Cruise is a dying breed here. And that is definitely a theme of the movie. Oh yeah. uh, That's a very fortuitous uh, tie in there. Definitely. uh, Right. It definitely, I mean, there's an element to this movie um, sort of like uh, in uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, who would also, you know, be mentioned in the same breath, I guess, as Tom Cruise. So I do think Tom Cruise is ultimately the bigger star, but not even to measure that th- them against each other. There is this kind of uh, not breaking the fourth, not quite breaking the fourth wall, but nevertheless, some some interesting reflection on real life where if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was about these two uh, sort of aging, well, an actor and a stuntman 
um, who were kind of starting to feel alienated by a new Hollywood of the burgeoning 70s, 1969 into 1970. Uh, th there's an element where it was like they, they were aging, they were starting to feel alienated from the changes that were going on in Hollywood then. And of course, in the context of 2019, when the movie came out, you could say the same thing, yeah. that these were, the, so th these were two uh, older white gentlemen uh who were sort of past their prime quote unquote, or not not necessarily past their artistic prime but past their cultural stardom, prime. cultural past past their 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 place uh in, in the limelight and i think exactly. a similar similar um sort of uh art imitating life thing is at play with top gun maverick where you know tom cruise is an older actor uh maverick is an older pilot and uh there's this I mean, yeah as you said he's literally told in the movie that he's he's a dying breed and to which his reply that his kind is going extinct and his reply is uh maybe but not today you know and then he proceeds to be a badass for the next hour and a half um it was a good line yeah definitely definitely a good line and yeah it's just it, art imitating life to a certain degree for sure and not only is it kind of fortuitous the um you know tie in there about him being a dying breed and the you know how that kind of reflects on the culture it's also uh fortuitous that you know we are even doing this and talking about it because we had planned this top gun nationalism episode before maverick was even on our radar because right. we um we came across it when we were at Eris's apartment. Right. And yes. Very strange story. Uh, but, but yeah, indeed, very serendipitous. For yeah. some reason, I forget why I mentioned that in the year of my birth, 1986, I'm, I'm dating myself now, hmm. but um, Top Gun was the top grossing film in America. Uh, probably not the world, but maybe the world. It was certainly in America. It was the top right. grossing film. Probably. And, <laughs> probably. And, um, yeah. And so like we, we started talking about it and then I was staying at your place and we just decided to have a bro movie night and we watch did. Top Gun. Well, I think part of it was that I admitted that I'd never seen it. Um, That's right. I admitted yeah. That I wanted to see it. And we were just in, uh, maybe a night or two after that podcast we did with, with Eris with Elizabeth Aldrich. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was just like, let's 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 put on a movie. Let's see if Top Gun streaming. It was, and we watched it. And uh, yeah, no, it was a uh, kind of a memorable uh, memorable movie. Now I was I was glad I had finally seen it. And I did have some concept that there was a new one coming out that I knew I'd I'd actually heard. So and this goes into the context of Top Gun Maverick as well. The movie was delayed, I think, almost two years due to the pandemic. Um, and I I'd heard it was actually. Um, Nick Pizzolato, the true detective creator, was on Brett mm. Easton Ellis's podcast, which I'm a religious listener of. Uh, this this in itself was almost two years ago now, uh, and had said he'd seen a pre-screening of Top Gun Maverick and thought it was breathtaking. And, you know, this is a uh, this is the guy who made True Detective. He's got kind of yeah. dark view on things. This isn't someone who would say such a thing lightly. And I was like, oh, I got I got to see that. Uh, kind of for some of the reasons we were getting at, like it was, it was interesting to me that there would be a movie about an an older white guy doing uh, older white guy things or, you know, doing, doing badass things. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be one to see, but I got to see the, the original Top Gun before. So I, I earmarked it and, uh, and then, yeah, it came up at Eris's and uh, the rest was, was fate. 
So it was really cool for me to watch you watch it for the first time because like, <laughs> it's always, it's always great to watch a movie that you like with yeah. someone else's first experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like your son right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in addition to that, it, um, it was interesting because I didn't remember it exactly as it was, or as I experienced it now, because like I, the last time I saw it, it was probably like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And watching it now, I guess this is a testament to how much uh, more sophisticated I've become in my elder years. But watching it, I was like, I recognized how incredibly cheesy it is. Mm -hmm. And but also hilarious. Like, I, I remember it being like a little kind of like over the top on the nose with like the, you know, super machismo. But like, it's like it's so on the nose that it's really very funny yeah and so yeah it um both like what i was struck by watching it the second time or not the second time but watching it recently was the um the unintentional but hilarious cheesiness and um the kind of like um the like un the naive patriotism of it the the kind of you know optimistic mood of the movie which is clearly reflective of the era in which it was yes, made that was my overwhelming uh takeaway from watching the original top gun was uh you know wow this was this was peak empire um you know culturally you know you, again on Brady smell's podcast talks about empire as like a cultural moment where boomers were in control and everything was kind of maximalist and and, and optimistic uh but also literally like american empire uh you know is right on the cusp of cold war supposed cold war victory uh and that kind of optimism was the air and yeah that was my overwhelming take is like how how optimistic must have this moment been that the, the there was a movie and it was the biggest movie in america as you said it's a military movie but there's not a lot of direct combat until the end. It's, it's, it's mostly just about military training. And the main source of conflict is this character Maverick. And the question being, is he too much of a Maverick? Is he too much of a badass? Um, you know, imagine that, that's such a, a great, and I, I don't mean this negatively because I'm not a leftist, you know, or whatever. I, I think it is pretty badass and I'm sure it was a nice moment to live through. There is, but there's a kind of, I guess you, I, for lack of a better term, you have to call it narcissism. Uh, but not necessarily a totally bad narcissism, more like a youthful, optimistic narcissism of a, of his cultural product, which is like it's looking at itself. Um, you know, you basically that that was America's view on itself at that time. It, maybe you know during the Reagan era, et cetera, was uh, you know considering like we we are badass and we're highly we're highly equipped, but like you know how how much how badass is too badass? How how maverick? is too maverick, you know, that these were the considerations that that was the source of tension. The conceit being like that, that maverick is too much of a maverick. And the movie is trying to the original Top Gun trying to decide, is that okay? Is that but I mean, and this is but this is interesting on an even deeper philosophical level, as uh, we've discussed in the notes, it, I mean, I think, and, you know, maybe I'm running with this a little too much. But I think the original Top Gun, is kind of a um even if unintentionally a study in the um the personality of old america 
pre-empire America and the, and the, you know, the ethos or pers- personality of, uh, of the American empire. Yeah. And that is embodied in Maverick, who is an old school American in that he is, he is what, let's, let's call it what it is. He's a Sigma. He's a Sigma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a pie. He's like, he has that pioneer spirit, doesn't play by the rules, does what he wants. And that, that was the country America was until Mm -hmm. like basically world war two, arguably world war one. But like, in any case, throughout most of America's existence, we were just out there doing our own thing. And like, no one, we were a wild card. No one knew what we were going to do with regard to anything. And, and that, but that was like the beauty of America. America was that kind of, and that was like when we went into World War II, the, um, um, well, obviously the Germans are our foes, not our, um, you know, uh, friends in, in the war, allies didn't remark on this as much, but they, they would remark that the American fighting spirit was just almost suicidally insane. Yeah. They just like, you know, they just were undisciplined and, but like in extremely brave. And, and that is like exactly like that's the Maverick spirit. That's his spirit in Top Gun. He's like suicidally brave. He's got to go for it. He's like, but his flaw is the flaw of old America of, you know, pre empire America, which is, you know, not, um, if you're a maverick, you're, you're not as disciplined. You're not as, you know, you, you just, you can't be, you can't be a disciplined maverick. And so Maverick's counter, his foil in this is, um, obviously Iceman. And Iceman, yeah. Iceman is the alpha to Maverick Sigmic. Sig- Sigma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Played by uh, Val Kilmer. He is also like a badass. He's not, he doesn't have beta tendencies. He's got, as you said, alpha tendencies, but he's, he's a lot more by the book. He's a lot more exactly. predictable. He's a lot more dependable, maybe. Um, and yeah, just that. Yeah, basically, it comes down to what would you say being more more by the rules. A little well, bit. not only more by the rules, he's also like by almost all. He beats Maverick in all of the tests, like all the flying tests. He's like he is the best. Yeah, and the Alpha is always the best. Like, oh, or almost always. Yeah, like yeah. probably because if you're more disciplined, you will be better than the Sigma. You right. will be more better. You, you more better. You will be better than the Maverick because you just you will fuck up less because you have more discipline, and that's what uh, Val Kilmer is. He's right. the Iceman. Yeah, and you're, and you're and more more popular with the you know the higher establishment. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's also it's seen in their you know what they look like. Maverick right. is Tom Cruise. You know, dark, not like dark dark darker looks whereas yeah yeah, Iceman is like blonde and blue eyes yeah 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 Yeah. and yeah so like one of them's one of them's the the sigma the other one's the alpha and that you know corresponds to the change in American um, presence on the national stage yeah. And America after World War II, certainly arguably after World War One, became an alpha on the world stage. The big dog, you know, everyone and certainly after World War II, like we ran the show. We and we still arguably in some sense run the show. 
so. And that is the persona, no longer unpredictable. I mean, we had four years of maybe some unpredictability recently, yeah. but uh, yeah, now right. we're back to being, you know, predictably, uh, you know, evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we were to con- continue the metaphor, it's like we're <laughs> alpha now, but in this sort of bloated boomer way. Sclerotic. Will, will it, what's the word? Sclerotic. Sclerotic. Will it last? I don't know. Uh, we can get more onto that in the America's current role in the world, perhaps later. Uh, but yeah, it, it is interesting to think of it that way that America kind of would have risen into that sort of alpha status and, and what that would mean now <laughs> in a postmodern context. You know, maybe maybe Trump's a sort of aesthetic honesty about <laughs> about about what we still could be in, in almost the best best light, whereas what we actually are, well, you know something a little yeah. more shadowy and but uh but no in terms of top gun i think you can definitely read the movie on, on that level that you that you mentioned where i guess i guess part of what you'd be saying is even in 1986 um that there was a sort of nostalgia or not even nostalgia but even in 1986 mavericks type was you know a sort of uh not a throwback a throwback a throwback um, to the older america or right but i mean we, we've always had that we've always like rebel without a cause right but that's always it's always been it but it's increasingly something that's like celebrated less and less yeah absolutely and you know what uh, this actually we didn't talk about this in the notes but i I think it's an astute point hopefully i won't listen back over and be like what was that that was a reach (laughs) but uh so there's a kind of a cliche about 80s movies and maybe before but especially 80s movies karate kid which i I do love that movie so i'm not really trying to completely call it paused or anything but um but there's a certain cliche about 80s movies that they, they kind of had these like more swarthy pro- underdog protagonists fighting against the, uh, you know, blonde and blue eyed uh, alpha types. And the, the whole notion is that like this is somehow some kind of uh, fetishization of like the non-white underdog, you know, uh, perpetrated by Hollywood. I, I can't imagine Hollywood doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is a true there's a truth to that Hollywood is is very guilty of doing that all the time and that it a lot of it did start in the 80s and again I do love Karate Kid I like the new Karate Kid too so I'm not totally slamming it down uh but but definitely you could see that in a movie like Karate Kid I don't think it quite applies at all to uh to, to Top Gun um yeah uh Val Kilmer has the lighter hair or whatever but like no tom cruise is also very much like a clean cut i mean the, the, he, he, yeah there's no no one better embodies the all-american look than tom cruise uh it, it, you know from the 80s to like now so it, it was True. a different it was a little bit of an underdog story but it was a different kind of underdog story more like rebel with the cause a little more classical and that it had to do with that yeah uh what we would call a sigma fighting spirit versus uh you know alpha game alpha Alpha. game or yeah or just sort of sort of prim and proper by the bookness but uh but yeah no in that sense uh you know it's praiseworthy for for top gun to kind of delve more into that um and praiseworthy uh, because uh, we we always appreciate watching a movie from the 80s or a movie from the 90s where they uh you know they do and say like natural stuff that people used to do and say in real life but now is like you know you can't have in movies anymore right and like if you do or say those things in real life you lose your job 
And yeah, definitely. I mean, not like Top Gun was like wildly unwoke, but like there are certain things that like, you know, they obviously don't have in Maverick, which they they, they had in Top Gun. Yes, and we which... have been reminded of these. And I mean, it's not the overwhelming narrative about Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick, but definitely, you know, you look at some CNN op-eds, you will, these will be rehashed there as well, but continue. <laughs> yeah. The bathroom so I, scene. So yeah, yeah I was going to rehash them. The, uh, <laughs> the bathroom scene, like, so to, to paint the scene, I mean, everyone has probably seen Top Gun, but if you haven't, they, um, they go to a uh, sailor's bar and um, in, in a, a scene that kind of presciently predicts the pickup artist culture, they uh, literally like enter the bar. And I think Goose, who is Maverick's wingman, literal wingman, um, yeah. says like, it's a target rich environment. And it's like one of the cheesy Oh, lines. yeah, right. They're, they're and, talking yeah, about yeah. planes, but they're also talking about And women. talking about yeah. a metaphor for women. And so they find like an open woman, an open, you know, target. And so Maverick goes up to her and, you know, he he breaks into um, he breaks into song. He starts singing. You lost that loving feeling. And like initially she's like kind of put off, but then she's just like won over by how incredibly goofy and, and confident and ballsy he is. And his friend sings along and the whole bar starts singing along. Yeah. And so this is kind of like, um, yeah. it's, it's something that, you know, would be, I guess maybe you could have it in a movie today. I don't know, but it's very like in, in between Top Gun and today, we had the whole uh, manosphere, the pickup artist culture. And like this, you know, in from today's eyes, you look at it and you go, this is a routine. This is, oh, yeah. but I mean, but it's a, what, I, what I think this misconstrues is that pickup artist techniques and stuff are rooted in human nature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it does misconstrue. It's a routine, yeah. but it's a routine. It was before no one it was a routine. Yeah. yeah. Before it was a routine, it was just something that people did. And that's something that like not every guy did, but the guys who were confident enough to would. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if that would make it in today, but yeah, he's definitely doing like, you know, straight up like a masterclass in pickup artistry. And um, so it goes pretty well, but like um, he he strikes out for some reason. That didn't make sense to me. Like he does this like crazy, you know, like um, singing to her and sees like a good looking guy and they, they have charisma, but I forget why she's just like, yeah, I got to go. Oh, she's hard yeah. to get, you know, <laughs> I, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. But not only, well, she is hard to get, but Maverick is not easily dissuaded. Right. So Maverick, he like sees her, I, I forget, maybe there's a beat where he's not, you know, he's doing something else and he sees her go into the bathroom and that's when like Maverick being the uh, being the Maverick that he is doing unconventional things. He follows her into the bathroom and uh, very, very Sigma male move. He's in there in the bathroom and she's like, this is the women's room. You, what the fuck are you doing in here? Yeah, yeah. And Maverick just uh, says, um, oh, I think she's she she and, you know, her being a kind of like ballsy woman says, um, you are, are you gonna essentially are you gonna fuck me on the sink and he he looks at the sink and he kind of like taps it and like tests to see if it could hold and he goes yeah this maybe this could work 
<laughs> and yeah. uh, so suffice to say, he does not actually fuck her on the sick. But like, that's the type of like line that um, that's the type of scene that yeah. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't be in there. You you but you you ask, would the singing be in there? I mean, I think it could. Is a little less in fashion to show that kind of thing, but the the bathroom scene is a hard uh, a hard hard no, no. a hard dated yeah. Uh, element. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be. I mean, in truth, you know, maybe some things are you know meant to be left in the past. Like I'm certainly no Me Too guy, but yeah, uh, yeah you probably should follow her in the bathroom. But listen, <laughs> like also, the, the, there's two issues with uh, yeah, you know quote-unquote PC stuff is like on the one hand uh sometimes PC stuff goes after stuff that like is not even problematic at all and then the other yeah. amount of the time it is just no fun and I, th- I don't necessarily think everyone who watched Top Gun in the 80s would actually have thought that would be a good idea in most cases the whole point <laughs> of the movie was that it was a fantasy and that it was fun especially in a movie like Top Gun um which as you said is very stylized is very funny um, you know, who could forget? And obviously everyone talks about this now as quote unquote homoerotic, which I don't necessarily agree with the characterization of, but the, you know, the volleyball scene, it's all about that kind of aesthetic fantasy, yeah. so to speak. And no, absolutely. There's I mean, part of the issue is correctness beyond it's the politics are wrong, but like, so is the correctness, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's also just no fun. And which is why you yeah. have people who are pretty liberal who are also against it. But uh but yeah, yeah, I guess uh, I mean not, not to not to anticipate the change shift in the conversation too much, but I I would say one thing that I would praise Top Gun Maverick for is that it and, and you may not agree with this as much as I do, but I think it did a pretty good job of recapturing the fun of of the original movie uh, with some of the aesthetics. Certainly, um, you know, a lot of people would say the script is quote unquote better. It's a little the dialogue's a little less on the nose. I, I think, as you said. Uh, some of the corniness of the original script is uh, is what makes it so fun. But nevertheless, uh, e- even in the new script, um, you know, y- y- it delivers on, on its promise. Uh, and there's yeah. a lot of I was satisfied with the, you know, a lot of like uh, not match cuts, but, you know, there seemed to be a conscious effort to bring uh, a lot of the elements from the original one back into the new one uh, from the romance and the tom cruise driving around driving a girl around on a bike in the old movie it's i don't even know what that actress's name is to be honest although i uh which one uh, in the original older yeah uh, that was kelly mcginnis right 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 um, Who, um yeah no I, I there's an anecdote but keep going well well there's a, the thing about the meme which we'll, we'll talk about but anyway, yeah yeah for the, the, you know they he, tom cruise drove kelly mcginnis around on a bike in the original tom cruise drives jennifer conley around on a bike in the new one uh the uh the volleyball scene becomes a sort of beach football scene uh they did a good job of of not you know there is there's definitely no bathroom scene but most other memorable scenes kind of have their uh their analog in the new one which i was happy about so while I was happy that it, you know, and we'll touch on this more a little bit later, it was not, um, it was not woke. It was a, the Top Gun Maverick was a kind of like um, fun action movie starring a, a white guy who's allowed to be heroic and, uh, and a proud American. And that's like something that is kind of rare these days. So like, yeah, it's, I, my hat is off to the movie for that. 
And we'll, we'll talk more about that from kind of an aesthetic standpoint, like the part of the charm of Top Gun to me is the cheesy dialogue, how t- incredibly, perhaps it was unintentional, but you know, like um, people say the room by Tommy Wiseau mm-hmm. is a masterpiece and like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the whole point is Tommy didn't realize he was making it a masterpiece, yeah. that it was so bad that it was good. But like, you know, nevertheless, it, you know, people think it is. And, and I think Top Gun is. I think that it's like the dialogue is just so like the one one that sticks out to me is when Tom Cruise is like he's challenged in some way. He and Goose are challenged in some mm-hmm. way by the wingman for Iceman Slider. And, um, you know, he's he has to come up with a, a rejoinder or a retort. And so he, he walks over to Slider and like you wonder what he's going to say. You wonder if he's going to grab him by like the scruff of the neck or whatever. But no, he leans in. He sniffs some Slider. Like he gets a real whiff of him. And he goes, Slider, you stink. <laughs> it's just the, the most hilarious fucking yeah. dude. I'm watching, I just start break out, I break out laughing because it's just like a, a such on the nose, like middle school put down. And it's just like it's it was great. And, yeah. and the movie itself, like stuff like this is a target rich environment. There's just so Oh yeah, many, I mean uh, that stuff's great, yeah. 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 Or even like, even like the iconic, like, I feel the need, I feel the need for speed. Oh and yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's corny, but it's great. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. It's like, so, I mean, some people would say this is a failure of the original, but I think it's one of the things that mm-hmm. makes it really good. Whereas Top Gun Maverick, you know, you can't really, I mean, it was, it was a product of its time, Top Gun. If you made something that was that corny today, it would just immediately jump out at people how corny it was. It wouldn't work. It would be affected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, it couldn't be corny like that. But I mean, that that to me was part of the charm. So on that score, aesthetically, I give it to the original. But beyond that, and this sounds kind of counterintuitive because something that is kind of like unintentionally cheesy, you would think would not have deep character development, deep characterization. But it to me, it absolutely did. Maverick's relationship with Goose was like, man, it's powered by powerful performances by Anthony Edwards, who plays Goose, um, and um, Val Kilmer, who plays Iceman, Maverick's relationship with Iceman, uh, Maverick's romance relationship with Kelly McGinnis. And, uh, you know, even his relationship with Goose's wife, uh, not that they slept together, they did not, but uh, Meg Ryan. And they... um, you know, it's just like, like his scenes with Iceman, his scenes with Goose, his scenes with Kelly McGinnis, they're iconic. And they're like, you know, um, I, I remember from Top Gun, I remembered Maverick, Tom Cruise, but I, but I also remembered Iceman just as well. I remembered Goose just as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and, and Charlie, Kelly McGinnis. From Maverick... I'm not going to really remember anyone besides, you know, Maverick. Yeah. No I mean, one else I, I would, uh, me on that level. 
I would give props to Miles Teller. I'm something of a fan. Yeah, he did um, a good job. But but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, and you, you said you know Top Gun Maverick does a good job of of not being woke. Uh, it, it is pretty unwoke, save for the you know you do have a female pilot in there, of course. Um, but but you're but it's in some of the characters, and I I bring that up now because some of the characters, including her. And some of the other sort of diversity elements, uh, and I'm not even saying this because we're new, right, and we're anti woke or whatever. A lot of them did feel, as you said, a little bit uh, cookie cutter. Definitely, just like yeah, uh, token, yeah, but not even just tokens like diversity tokens. Also, just like <clears throat> kind of just there, you know. And then you have this. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Now, he's a good actor. He has a good presence, but the blonde guy who's clearly is that Dan Stevens? No, his name is something else. Um, but he he's clearly sort of an Iceman stand-in, and Miles Teller is obviously something yeah. of a, I guess, a stand-in for both the Goose Tom Cruise and there's also Goose from Israel. And again, I, I do I do I do find Miles Teller to be somewhat more three-dimensional, but the rest of them were a little more, yeah, cookie cutter. And then um, this is not a I'm sure Jennifer Conley is going to listen to this and get offended, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even, you know, I'm nothing against her, but yeah, that I, I guess the romance there, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to, again, in a way that we're are reflecting life. It's hard to date at that age. It's hard to, 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 uh, you know, at Tom Cruise's age at her age, like it's probably hard to generate that, uh, that kind of passion in real life too. So, but, but that, that, that romance wasn't, wasn't on par with the uh, take my yeah. breath away <laughs> moments in the original, but look, that's that's also also kind of a high bar, but uh, I'm circulating at the point that I, I I hear what you're saying on the character development. I, I do think it's definitely an interesting ride for for Tom Cruise's character from Maverick, and uh, and again, props to to Miles Teller, good performance there. Uh, yeah. But the rest, and then even like John Hamm, who you know I also enjoy as like a Mad Men fan, uh, good actor. But even that character, pretty stock. Like I think yeah. John Hamm did as good of a job playing him as one could, but it, you know, it's pretty much just the stock, you know, stick up the ass military guy. Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, I think there was a certain, you know, the original had more, just had a little more passion behind it with regard to some of that characterization stuff. I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. This, um, this is going to seem like a kind of um, academic point even, but I think it bears mentioning that um, when we say that um, it's woke or tokenism to have a, uh, a female fighter pilot, that's not just because like, you know, we think like, oh, fighter pilots have to be tough men and they have to, you know, like a woman is too weak or whatever. It, no, men and women have, as you know, everyone who listens to this pod probably knows, very different brains. And the, um, the male brain has a much larger capacity for visual spatial recognition and computation. And that, of course, is, and the female brain has uh, a larger um, portion devoted to social understanding and stuff of that mm -hmm. nature. So that it's not like, you know, one sex is better than the other, but when it comes to flying planes, you need to have very right. good visual yeah. spatial skills. So yeah, one sex definitely is better than the other at <laughs> flying planes. And that is men. Men are better at flying planes than women. 
And so if you're going to be flying a fucking F-18 or an F-22, which costs like $500 million, you, you want to have, you know, people who are really good at flying planes flying them. So that's why it's very rare to have female fighter pilots. Mm -hmm. It's very rare to have female pilots in general. But a fighter pilot, you have to be extremely skilled. Like, like landing on an aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah. That's insane. That's in, you're going, you're going in probably at like, you know, you're going hypersonic, of course. But then like as you're slowing down, you're still probably approaching the aircraft carrier at like over 200 miles an hour, I would think, you know, maybe a lot more. And like you, an aircraft carrier is what it can't be much larger longer than a hundred yards probably probably much less than a hundred yards so you um you know you have to be able to land in on a very short runway as so short that they actually have uh, metal cables that you have to land and attach land in the right way so the tail of your plane snags these fucking cables yeah so they slow you down so you don't fly off the fucking roll off the uh the aircraft carrier yeah no and so yeah you got to be an excellent pilot to do this stuff you got to be a top gun Mm -hmm. And frankly, you know, women just can't, you know, it, it would be a, a great rarity to yeah. have a woman who could do this. Yeah, no, I'd actually like to say, like, I, I don't know what the real life equivalent of the Top Gun program would be. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's many women in it. Um, but we, we kind of I mean, maybe there's this. one. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I mean, like, there's only it's... one in the movie. But yeah, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not too convinced. But we sort of talked about this as like an. And this happens, I'm trying to think of an example, this kind of happens with other media as well. There's kind of like, it's basically a movie that that aims at middle America. So they're not going to be too woke. And I think that Top Gun Maverick is an example of this, but they're going to be a little bit woke because of the times or whatever. Uh, and the, the meeting kind of halfway can sometimes be unintentionally sort of symbolically based now based is the wrong word i don't want to give the movie too much credit but uh we did sort of comment that yeah there's um there's there's a female pilot and a number of other you know obviously purposely diverse pilots and that is realistic by the way of course there's a, a lot of non-white people in the military but you know in the context of the movie it's a little you know it's a little bit obvious that they were trying to have you know different groups represented but what becomes unintentionally uh based is the wrong word but unintentionally non-woke shall we say is that at the end of the day, the movie is still about Tom Cruise and it's also still about Miles Teller in the new one. It's about, um, you know, a sort of quasi uh, paternal relationship with a younger guy. So it's very male and, you know, it's Goose's son. So he's going to be white. Basically, long story short, not to spoil it for anyone, but the, the, the two main people who, who carry out the mission and I'll say more about the mission in a second, because I think that the technical level of that is, is very well done in Top Gun Maverick. But uh, the two people who uh, who ultimately carry out the, the mission and ultimately are the, the biggest heroes are the two straight white, well, forget straight, but I mean, yes, probably, well, Tom Cruise straight, that's a whole other story, but uh, <laughs> ostensibly straight white guys are the, are the main heroes. And then the, the woman, the, the black guy, whatever else, they kind of play, even if it's a highly skilled mission, so they're all heroes, but uh, they do, technically speaking, play a supporting role, uh, which is kind of intentionally non-woke in its uh, in its symbolism. Yeah, no, I mean it. What one of the reasons I appreciate Top Gun Maverick so much is that 
they clearly made a choice to prioritize storytelling over political correctness, to prioritize storytelling over wokeness. Yeah. Because in that scene at the end, when uh, Maverick has to pick a, a partner to fly the mission with, to be his wingman in the mission, he, um, he, he picks Goose's son. And sorry for the spoiler, but you, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it is. Happen. I guess some people care about that. So I, mean, I don't know. Should we should we put a warning on? I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll it, do a spoiler. It is as far as we... there's any spoilers in Top Gun. I guess that would be one. But you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. He picks Goose's son, and um, that was the correct dramatic choice. Of course, that was not the correct uh, equity choice or diversity choice. If we're to go by the uh, the rules of New Hollywood, if you're going to have the straight white guy as the hero, you damn sure better have his partner be a uh, at least uh, you know a minority, at least a BIPOC. But right. uh, you know, uh, if not that, you know, a woman or um, a, a sexual deviant or uh some uh-huh. some, yeah. uh some you know other uh form of uh disadvantage supposedly disadvantaged person and uh they but they didn't do that they yeah. had in fact they had minorities um you know hispanics flying one of the planes and uh a, a woman and uh a geeky white guy uh, yes. <laughs> flying one of the other planes and so like they they actually the the minorities in this context played a supporting role to the two white men who um essentially saved the day and but that was dramatically the way it had to be yeah because it the whole point of the movie was the catharsis that would would be achieved and was achieved between Maverick and Goose's son, because in the original Maverick, um, Maverick is, you know, he's so much of a Maverick that sometimes he flies poorly. And when he flies poorly, uh, people die. So his wingman Goose died when Maverick, uh, you know, kind of screwed the pooch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so his son, ironically in the movie, his son doesn't hold a grudge about that. It's unclear. Maybe that was never communicated to him that uh, yeah. it was kind of Maverick's fault. Well, actually, but... uh, not to get lost in the weeds of this, because it's not the most relevant thing, but you kind of at the beginning of the movie, they seem to imply that he was angry about that, but then they sort of pivoted away. Oh, true, true. But the, there was watch. at least one line about him not seeing it the same way that Maverick did or, or something. Anyway, uh, not to get lost in the weeds of that, uh, he, he resents him for a number of reasons the main one being that he held his career back at the behest of his mother but anyway we don't need to rehash the plot uh but yes um no they uh yeah they they don't see eye to eye they don't but nevertheless he is a like um if if maverick is not a father figure to goose's son then um then certainly i think his name is bradley in the movie then certainly uh goose's son bradley is a kind of surrogate son to Definitely. Maverick. Maverick feels like a, an, an attachment to him, a, an obligation Protection to protect him. him. And he, he wants to make good on his uh, mistake for, right. you know, you know, rightly or wrongly, he blames himself for the death of Goose, the kid's father. And so the dramatic thrust of this movie is his coming to terms with letting Goose's son 
um, fly dangerous missions and possibly like, like Maverick really, he thinks he got goose killed. Maybe he did, but he, he, so because of that, he really, really doesn't want to also get goose's son killed. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. So, but he realized the dramatic catharsis of this is he realizes that like, it's not right of him to hold the son back yeah. and to protect him. That part of being a man is, and part of being a maverick, Part of being a maverick is like, you know, you got to take chances. You got to roll the dice. And that right. is man's highest form is to be a maverick. And so he he lets, he lets Goose's son be the, the maverick he was born to be. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and that is what the writers needed to do. The right, yeah. but if but if the writers played by the woke playbook, that would never happen. It, well, yeah, it yeah just as you, as you said. Some BS, you know, alternative story. Yeah, yeah. Um... And that's one thing that the new one has that's a, a good natural development out of the first one. The first one is about being a young man and, and mostly jockeying for status among other young men. Whereas the new one uh, does a pretty good job and uh, a, a, a not anti-masculinist job, which is commendable, uh, is a low bar, but it's still commendable, of, uh, of exploring um, sort of issues related to being a middle-aged to older man you know having a son in this case Tom Cruise actually doesn't have a son but he has a surrogate sort of um you know son figure and delves into that relationship and as you said the, the whole element of letting go absolutely the right storytelling choice they could have made another choice involving uh Maverick you know kind of training up the next uh BIPOC or I guess female generation uh, which they, they they slipped in a little bit but yeah but the main storytelling was that it had to be about this about about uh, masculinity at core. That I guess if I had to sum up, you know what what's commendable about Top Gun Maverick, um, it's that it's 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 of it's it's still of its moment. It's not really pissing off the woke crowd, but it's still a movie that is at core about masculinity. I really think, uh, and they 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 were uh, they had the integrity to stick to that element of storytelling and make it about. Maverick and make it about Maverick's relationship with uh, the character of Rooster, uh, Goose's son. Yeah. Absolutely. And today, watching the movie today, it's not, it's probably not the intention of the filmmakers to um, uh, imply this, but there, I, we've discussed in the notes, there is a certain implication that. Um, Tom Cruise has been held back. He has, you know, he has not advanced in his career. And, um, you know, if this is a movie that is actually about America today, well, we know who the top brass in the military yeah. is and are. And so it suggests, and maybe, you know, I, I think we're reading more into it than, the, than there is actually yeah. there. Yeah. But it's, it's suggestive of the fact that, you know, in order to, to, you know, rise through the ranks today, you can't be a maverick and because you, you have to get with the program and the program is, um, you know, it's the GAE. It's, um, yeah. Global global homo. Homo. Well, this is and, something, uh, I don't think it's a reach to talk about that. I think it's to give the movie too much credit to think it's really delving into that. Cause it's not, it's still a pro military movie. I'm sure the top brass and the mill Twitter people are all a fan uh, and, and ultimately the whole top brass versus lower brass, lower ranking officers comes down to like, Oh, they have a stick up their ass. And like, you know, you got, yeah. And average yeah. too much of average. That's what it comes down to. That being said, 
couldn't help but think of something that someone like Samuel Finley, author of Breakfast of the Dirt Cult, who we got to get on this pod, but that's another story. Definitely uh, do. Some, something that he's, I've heard him talk about on BAPS program and elsewhere uh, about how, you know, there's a, this kind of known in the military that if you really want to rise to the top brass, you have to uh, kind of drink the Kool-Aid and uh, he had a word for it that I forget, but basically buy into some element of global homo. And that's kind of this known yeah. thing among like that. There's a lot of very cool. Well, captains. You, you got a cock basically. Basically. Um, and you just got to swallow a lot of bullshit, which is kind of true in a lot of industries, but it's even more oh, yeah. concerning. I mean, you know, we're timing this with uh, the beginning of a uh, pride month and they, and there's this, there was something circulating on Twitter earlier where the, the Marine Corps posted some, some, yeah. some pride thing about... Yeah, I know. mean, it's it's one thing, like, we both work in the entertainment industry, and, like, obviously it's very woke. But, you know, like, well, you're making movies, you're, like, you know, it's not the most... Like, it could be a very masculine thing, but, you know, it's not something that is, like, stereotypically so. But when you have, like, the military doing this type of stuff, it's, like what the we're gonna get you know killed in wars yeah no you can't have these type of guys trying to fight wars they'll you know who knows what the fuck yeah (laughs) no well um yeah no definitely and like uh, i don't think they're gonna be very brave but uh (laughs) i'll tell you that much (laughs) well top gun doesn't highlight that but again it's it's really just the the more traditional thing which you also get a little bit in the original where it's like oh you know you get a stick up your ass higher up in the military you lose that maverick fighting spirit that's more where it comes at. That's the more the angle that it comes from in the movie. But again, I listened to enough of people like Samuel Finley and Josiah Lippincott and some of these other sort of based uh, military and ex-military guys uh, that impossible not to think about that, or at least, you know, it's kind of fun, fun to project that onto the movie, shall we say. Uh, fun, yeah. fun to imagine Maverick as, as standing against that. Uh, we, we don't get a lot of it explicitly, but, um, but that dynamic is at least addressed. It's the, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the main scene that I thought was uh, really good fodder for this conversation. It's mostly just one one scene at the beginning where Maverick is sort of chewed out by this older officer for having never risen the ranks. And he says, well, I'm, you know, I'm happy as a decorated captain. I'm where I need to be. Uh, also the same scene with that line we mentioned earlier where he said, you know, he's called a dying breed. And he says, uh, you know, I may be, but I, you know, I'm not going to go extinct today, which... Uh, Obviously, one could one could read and any number of political messaging into that, but yeah. Cru- yes, crucially, he's being replaced. He mentioned he'll be replaced by machines. Yes. And machines will fly. But, um, you know, people have been talking a lot about replacement these days, Matt. I don't know if you've heard. but Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. This uh, perhaps, you know, uh, unintentionally hits upon a theme uh, near and dear to... Uh, the hearts of many of our listeners yeah that definitely oh absolutely um the the, the notion of replacement that you know there's <laughs> there, there, there's controversial ideas about replacement obviously but there's even some uh this kind of down the pipeline you mentioned even like the automation thing um not that not, not i'm not giving like an andrew gang reading of top gun maverick but just the whole the whole notion of 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 masculinity, shall we say, being replaced or, or even demographic replacement. <laughs> um, this is kind of, I think, high, uh, if you want to get Freudian about it, I think for a lot of people, it's sort of more unconscious. It's not like they're thinking about it all the time, but it's it's this theme underlying a lot of 
interesting with the 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 once upon a time in hollywood that i mentioned too there there is that theme like this kind of masculinity this kind of white masculinity is kind of on the chopping block and getting getting replaced and you know you have people obviously that get really political about it and they're absolutely demonized but i think that even a lot of normie audiences and i think even a lot of the normie audiences that are watching top gun maverick are, are 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 kind of getting that message like oh it's maybe it's a shame that people like tom cruise like aren't really going to be so visible or in control of anything uh in yeah. 10 15 years uh, i think it, it does work on that level i don't know i don't think that's the intention of the filmmakers i don't think they're saying that's like the political be all end all but uh it's aesthetically there when you have that scene you know where top where tom cruise is described as a, as a as a dying breed and uh it's not presented as a good thing in the movie and i think a lot of again even the normie and even some of the liberal audiences will kind of be able to appreciate the degree to which that is not cause for celebration and um but I think but it's for our absolutely side, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For our side, that's where, you know, this isn't like a, a Joker moment. It's not like a Blade Runner 2049 uh, moment where like everyone on our corner of Twitter is like, you know, celebrating this movie. But, you know, you do have some, I think Josh Lacash, I don't even know that much about who he is, but I know he has a, you know, a podcast. There's, there's some people who are, who are really, you know, saying that we should, you know, support this movie, go see it. And, um, and I think that it's warranted just by that, just by the, that kind of aesthetic. Um, yeah. Again, not this to give not it too it. much credit to say that's really hammering these points home, but aesthetically, um, something to be celebrated. Yeah. This is not an Our Guys movie, but what it is, is something that I think is almost more rare. Well, no, that's not, there's no Our Guys movies. So that's, that would be the most rare, but this is something that is very special and it is a, a throwback to an earlier, more optimistic period in American history. It's a throwback to the original Top Gun. Yeah. And when I was watching it in the theater, like, uh, you know, you know me, everyone who listens to the pod knows me and has a good sense of my opinions on most everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I am not at the moment predisposed to feel uh, fondly toward American empire. And so American military victories are not something that I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, we're going to plant the rainbow flag and colonize the world. That's just not, you know, um, no, not not for me. But nevertheless, watching this and and it was because it was a celebration of celebration of Maverick, who's a cultural hero, a celebration of Maverick's America. And, um, and, and there's just, there's just something about like the, his teamwork and the kind of like, you know, the heroic way they, you know, uh, ended the movie, the heroic way they escaped their, you know, sort of, again, a spoiler, but come on, you know. Oh yeah. And by the way, this is maybe a good time for me to slip this in. It's kind of a banal comment because, but, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a, a movie that's, that's a, you know, pretty badass action movie. The, the action sequence at the end of Top Gun Maverick is great. It's very yeah. well worth seeing. I, you know, if we're talking about, I don't think there needs to be a comparison between the original and new one, but if there's one thing where maybe even you, Dan, <laughs> would agree, uh, you know, the, 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 the flying and the action in the original is great, but even just like the technological advances that we've had since then, really uh, breathtaking stuff, no pen and pen. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, it's an incredible action movie. The action uh, is great, suspenseful cinematography and just the set pieces at the end um are you know it's like it's like the first time you saw star wars or something it's like seeing the spaceships and that you know 
again, kind of, kind of feels a little Reddit and whatever to, to talk about this, but no, it's, it's really quite a lot of fun and very well done. And I just, you know, want to add yeah. that. Um, it's it, that alone is also a, a good reason to see it. Yeah. So that, that of course is, you know, a very important part, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the theater and, um, you know, despite my uh, predilections to, you know, not be a big fan of uh, GAE, <laughs> I, um, I was cheering. I was like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I was, I was moved. And Definitely. by the end I was like, you know, I was like, fuck yeah. I, I was, you know, I was all in and I was n- not only all in on Maverick. I was like, you know, I felt the sense of patriotism and, you know, um, that, you know, quickly disappeared as, you know, <laughs> the day went on and I read the news. But in that moment, I had a sense of pride. And right. you know, who knows, maybe um, through art and culture, we can help bring it back. Maybe, uh, you know, our next great Caesar will come and bring hmm. it back. It, uh, the, the field is wide open. And Definitely. I'm excited. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. That's another obviously important part of the context though, which is, is coming. It's during this uh, Ukraine conflagration and it is a moment in which certain powers that be would, would like us to, you know, become more pro-military and whatnot. Uh, you know, the movie's not being promoted that way per se, but it's, it's definitely part of the context of, of this summer and the summer that this movie is coming out during. And again, my opinions on a lot of that haven't changed. Uh, but and, but as I said at the beginning, it's like if people want to stoke a certain kind of patriotism, I won't necessarily stand in the way. You know, I, I think it's I think I, you know, I think patriotism is good. I, I hope that, uh, as you said, in time, you know, that we can work out something alternative to a simple loyalty to, you know, what certain of our guys would call like the shadow class or the infiltrator class at the top you know i'm not patriotic towards those people but um you know there's a lot of stuff going on right now kind of politically and nationally uh perhaps the ron DeSantis of it all uh yeah maybe there could be some kind of new new american patriotism that is you know it's not going to be totally based in red pill but you know is 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 better than what we have now and that can work in some of the nostalgia that one would get from watching a movie like like Top Gun or even this new Top Gun. Absolutely. So civic nationalists, take note. Uh, you know, if you watch this movie, this is the type of stuff you need to do if you want to create a real civic nationalism, if you want to, um, you know, make that happen because people need a story. They need... Um, they need to be moved. They need heroes. And you know? They need heroes. Yeah. And it's, we, we don't it's have that. But, stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you need to create a compelling counter narrative to the, um, the narrative of wokeness and what have you. And that's very difficult to do because of capture of the institutions and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to an extent, yeah, the, the right is a little splintered in this regard, civic nationalism or something else. And, um, you know, if, if you want to really sell civic nationalism, you got to yeah, win over some of the woke people. You got to, you know, you got to convince there is not the woke people, the normies. Exactly. The normies. Them yeah. That, you know, this is, this is the way to go. And it's, it really shouldn't be so hard. So, um, you know, 
it's uh, Top Gun. If, if it could move me, it could move right. lots of people. I think I think so, and I think that's a good, another good way of putting it. Again, it's not an our guys movie, quote unquote, but it is a. And not to sound like some kind of paternalistic or moralistic person here, but it is a wholesome movie for normies, I would say. It, it promotes the right sort of values. I think. Yeah. yeah, it is an, an edifying movie for normies. It is, yeah. Promoting the values that we want them. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, even if it does come during a moment where those values could be directed in, 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 in the wrong direction in terms of, you know, America's role on the global stage, um, you know, that's always been an issue, but there's also always been something I think redemptive in, in, you know, patriotism and, in uh, even, even militarism, you know, there's a, it's not, it's often been bad, but in and of itself should be good, you know? Yeah. I mean, with, uh, guys like Maverick at the helm, you know, we could, yeah. uh, maybe we could win some of these wars. <laughs> right. That'll be the day, but yes. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think uh, it's a pretty good place to wrap it up, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, people should uh, join the rest of America and see Top Gun Maverick. Do it. See the movie, people. <laughs> <laughs>